Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to On A Good Day with me, Elizabeth Callahan, And me, Julia Ajayi. We are back with our second season of On A Good Day, continuing our mission to raise awareness of the impact on brain injury on all involved. And we wanted to launch it on the first anniversary of our podcast, On A Good Day, which coincides with World Stroke Day. And so this day, World Stroke Day, is all about helping to understand more about stroke, its prevention and life after brain injury. As partners of brain injury survivors, we know only too well the life-changing effects of brain injury. And by sharing our lived experiences, speaking to others in similar situations, as well as those working and doing research in this field, we feel that we've got so much to talk about and learn about and really feel like we're just getting going. So very excited to be bringing you this second season of On A Good Day. And it's just fantastic to be back with you, Elizabeth, for this second series. And we know that um, whilst it is stroke day, not all brain injuries are caused by stroke. So the podcast, we're gonna cover loads of, of different approaches to that and the effects of brain injury on the wider network of family and friends. Yeah, stroke doesn't and brain injury doesn't just affect that one person as we know only too well. And many of you listeners will no, because you're in that situation, it just affects so many people, friends, family, it is that, it, you know, far reaching effects of it. Um, and and it's so important to have someone in your life like you, Julia, who has been through that similar situation. So I know we said this many a time, but I do feel so blessed to have you in my life to be able to talk through certain situations that we come across in life and, you know, it's coming from a place where you really do know or have a bit of a clue of what I'm going through because you've been through it at some point yourself. Well, back at you, Elizabeth, because yes, I feel the same and we have said it before, but but that's why we're here because we know that that's support and hearing those common um, kind of situations that we face and that other people face allow us to make those connections and and build that community of people that uh, that can help support all of us affected by brain injury. Absolutely. And, you know, coming up in this new season, we're just going to have more of the themes that we feel are important to to us or that we've come across. Sometimes we'll come across 
across situations, weren't we? And we'd be like, oh, we really need to do a podcast on that. But yeah, let's, for those who are just joining for the second season, and I would encourage you, if you are, to absolutely go back and have a look at the first season as well and have a scroll through, see what episodes may be relevant. Some of them may be relevant for you now. They may be relevant for you further down the line in your journey because life after brain injury is a journey, as we know. My journey has been five and a half years. It's been five and a half years now. Yeah. And it doesn't Mm -hmm. feel like that, Julia. No, and and mine's been 14. Ours has been 14. And uh, I'm not sure it quite feels like that either, although some days it does. Um, But, yeah, it's, you know, it's amazing how time passes and things happen and you know we're, we're still living with brain injury obviously not directly um but we're still living with the effects of brain injury and I think that's why for me there's still so many more conversations to have and so much more to learn and I feel that that will never stop that that anything I can learn will will help me will help Hector will help the family and all of those uh, you know, hopefully other people who are listening to this. Yeah. So uh, I, I say five and a half years, five and a half years since Paul, my husband, had his stroke pretty unexpectedly um, as a result mm. of a lot of other kind of medical conditions, really. But um, at the time I had an 18 month, she wasn't even 18 months, I don't think, and a five year old. So very tiny little kids. And, you know, we've grown together I suppose on this journey and they particularly the youngest only know their dad as a brain injury survivor and uh whereas you know the older one I don't know as you the further along the journey you go I don't know about you Julia but it becomes it normalizes and sometimes you kind of forget a little bit how they were because you just become more accepting of who they are now yes I think that's certainly my experience and also that we have to live in the now don't we and and that's that's where we are and that's what we are working towards of making the now the best it can be um and to be happy and to be uh you know able to to get the most out of our lives at that moment in time so and keep moving forward and keep moving moving forward forward. Mm. and I think that that looking back to a time pre-brain injury I actually don't often do Mm. I do have times of regret or you know grief really I think it's grieving um my husband as we cover in the first episode of of the podcast when we talk about our stories uh Hector had a subarachnoid brain hemorrhage um you know pretty out of the blue and we were overseas at the time in Nigeria so it was all quite dramatic uh obviously heartbreaking and very very frightening for for all of us involved um we had two young children at the time my daughter was seven and my son was two so we share that experience don't we of of young children um Actually, no, that's wrong. They said that. That's wrong. My son was five. My daughter was 10. Obviously, you know, time's going. <laughs> and actually, one of the things, 
One of the things for Hector and I that's just happened in the last three weeks is that our youngest has gone off to university. So we're empty nesters, which is a whole new experience. Oh my God. You could do a whole podcast, a whole podcast series on that, Julia. Yes. I'm, I'm I sure know. I think it's that point that brain injury doesn't doesn't stop. I think there's often we, we've had conversations or people have said to us all, you know, is your husband better or when's he going to get better? And it's it's not quite that simple, is it? As we've talked about in the podcast and we'll, we'll cover issues of that again, but um, yeah. we know that that's rarely the case. I mean, there's progression, but it's not, you're not looking at, you know, when I say looking back, as I said, I do do it less now. I think if you're in those early stages, it is something you do far more often um, until you get to a place of more acceptance. I, I definitely feel it now and then. You do, you have that regret and it's sad and you have to feel that sadness as well. But like you were saying, then it's focusing on the now and, you know, I've there's a great phrase, um, can't change it. No. Can't change no. it. And I think it's important to recognise that um, with for our listeners, people will be at all different points of the journey. So one thing that I, I think we really try and do is to invite different guests with different experiences that can bring all of those different voices to this conversation and to that support and the community that we are building through on a good day. And everyone's experience is individual um, and we know that, or I feel that in all the conversations that we've had, um, not only on the podcast, but outside of it too, that there's always something. There's always something that's really useful or that I feel really comforted by or supported by. And I think that's the essence as well of of some of the, the conversations that we're planning to have and some of the subjects that we're planning to cover that we didn't in the first season. And it is feeling that sense of community. You know, we're all part of this. Whether you are on the periphery, whether you just know someone down the line who is a bit further away from you, or whether it is something you're living with every day with a partner or, you know, someone, a, a, a close family member. I was looking at some of the stats and, you know, one in four of us will have a stroke in our lifetime. So it's it's something that the more we understand, the more that A, you know, we can try and prevent it, obviously. But the more we have that understanding of what life is like for that person, what, what life is like for that family, and, you know, support them in that way, in, in whatever way they can. And sometimes it might be just kind of a slight bit of understanding of, okay, you can't do that because your husband can't drive because he's had a brain injury and he has, you know, epileptic fits. Sometimes it's small, sometimes it's big, isn't it? But well, giving people are... time, more time to communicate, you know, and understanding some of those challenges with communication and being yeah, more communication aware. Is a big thing. Communication is a big thing. Mm. <laughs> As we've discussed many a time, and that will be an ongoing theme, won't it, Julia? Um, it will. It will. But um, so how are you finding the empty nesting so far? Oh, that's a big question. Uh, yeah. It feels like a new stage, you know. It feels it feels like a new stage not only for 
our son, who's obviously going off and doing his thing, but it feels like a new stage for Hector and I in our relationship, in how we navigate that, in how we use the space at home. Yeah, I, I think there are definitely opportunities to, you know, have a bit more time and and do things together. I want to do, you know, do more of that, that we can, we're a bit more footloose and fancy free. So... <laughs> Uh, have more of your friends round for late night parties like you are absolutely. tonight. Yes, you see, it's shifted. You know, things have shifted, things have changed, and shaken it all up a bit. And and I think that's always good. It can be easy to get into a into a kind of routine, and things think things can't change or won't change. And whilst I think routine um, and you know, certain amount of predictability is absolutely uh, necessary. I do like a bit of a shake-up sometimes to change the status quo and move things on. So, yeah, I've certainly done that. Brilliant. You're not you're not fed up of each other just yet, which is good. No, no, quite the opposite. <laughs> but what about you, Elizabeth? Because I know that there's some things that you're really keen to cover in this new series um yeah. to the injury tell us I about think, that yeah I, I guess it's whatever relates to you at that point in time isn't it so I think for us at the moment uh and actually for Paul I think it 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 is the whole still getting his head around that he's had a brain injury and life isn't quite the same and how he now adapts to this new life and kind of the attitude around it, because you can have like, well, coming up actually on this season, we have a, a great podcast episode with Joe Borges, who is the host of Neuroners, another podcast. And he was talking about how it really spurred him on having his brain injury spurred him on to have a more of a purpose in life um, than he had previously. So I, I guess it's looking at looking at it and people look at things in different ways and we're all completely different but I suppose with Paul he's slightly stuck at the moment in that phase of oh what should I do that's what I did I can't do it anymore in terms of kind of you know parts of his work and you know parts of his exercise he can't because of he's got other health complications as well he's not used to run marathons but he can't really do that anymore um and so it's it's finding another way around it, but also looking after your mind. And I think the one thing that is prevalent in all stroke and brain injury survivors is the need for more support for our mental health on being able to um, navigate this life-changing event, having some help, which, you know, isn't necessarily available longer term I would say wouldn't you Julia yes and and I think the need changes over time as well doesn't it and sometimes there are particular moments in time where that kind of interventional support is more important than others um yeah I I think that for me one of the things I'm really keen to look at in this series is fatigue you know, how to best manage that together, what that looks like. Neurofatigue is different, isn't it? You know, it's different yeah. from 
getting tired. I was going to say for you or him, because if yeah, <laughs> yeah, be very exhausting. Um, well, I think neuro fatigue and the effects. What you know, what it is. Why does someone, uh, you know, suffer from that, and 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 how, and and what are the best ways to respond to that, both for Hector and and for myself, you know, and how to support that, and I. I still don't feel after all this time that I've got a handle on the routine of when's best to sleep. Is it just when you're tired? Is it, you know, no, because then that keeps you awake at night. And, you know, I seem to kind of never quite answer that question. And, um, yeah, and, and sleep's so important, isn't it, to oh, to okay. feeling well and energised and yeah. being able to cope with the day ahead. So, yeah, that's something I'm I'm really interested in. And I'd like to find out a bit more about some of the the kind of science behind that really as well um so that's that's something i'm looking forward to um i think actually it's them understanding it it's like paul doesn't always get that he's fatigued he has neuro fatigue mm. and he sort of bats it off and feels he needs to keep going keep going but then that's mm. not serving him at all so it's it's actually yeah us being able to raise awareness and get a professional because they don't listen to our wives, do they, Julia? Not very often. <laughs> well, I think that, yeah, it, it's having that third voice and having the experts as well, because we had some great experts on last season, didn't we? And I think, uh, you know, when we hear from the experts, they they are that voice of reason and uh, informed yeah. uh, information rather than maybe just nagging. So... <laughs> look bumble knows you're exhausted by dating all the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters and what do i even say other than hey <sighs> well that's why they're introducing an all-new bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier starting the chat better and dating safer they've changed so you don't have to download the new bumble now <laughs> oh well the, the other thing that i'm also really uh excited about that's coming up soon that is a challenge that i'm taking on myself is that in november there's a six thousand steps a day challenge to raise money for the charity same you which is the one that was has been started by amelia clark if people know her uh, an actress who was in many things um Game of Thrones being one of them. Um, big, big part of it. Yes, yeah. and So her and her mother, Jenny, set up Same You. It's an amazing charity. And I'm so proud of you, Julia, for being like, right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to take this on. So every day, tell, tell us what you're going to be doing. Well, it's 6,000 steps. Um, so it's 6, Every single steps, day in November. Every day in November. Now, for some people that... Um, you know, meet their 10,000 steps a day. It probably doesn't sound very much, but, uh, and for, for other people, it will be huge. And I have to say that for me to commit to do that every day in November will be a big challenge um, because I think sometimes I, I get caught up with other things that I'm doing and I don't make time for myself to, um, you know, to go out and to, to do that. So that's what I'm doing. So sameu.org is the um, website address. And hopefully we're going to be talking to um, Jenny as well, aren't we? Um, but yes, I wanted to just yeah. kind of give a shout out before 
November in case, uh, you know, anyone else wants to join that challenge as well. Yeah, definitely check that out. And like you say, it can sound like a, a small thing, but I might get Paul to do it, actually. Mm. Sometimes I feel he doesn't get out enough. Mm. But it's it's great for those that maybe don't um, aren't as active as maybe they used to be. It's having a reason mm. and having a goal to go out and do it. Um, particularly if you yeah you're a brain injury survivor and you've been you know affected and and it's so like you're saying it's taking time for yourself yeah isn't it it's going out for a walk and take you know obviously if it's not raining although I don't mind walking in the rain I quite like it um well I think in November there's bound to be a day that's going to be raining so I think take your waterproofs and a broadly um and a woolly hat and you'll be fine your wellies um but it is just just getting out in nature is so good for you getting yourself walking I mean whenever I'm feeling a bit like I you know I run quite a lot but if I don't feel like running I will just go to the park and just feel instantly just looking at trees feel so much more serene and I'm sure there's some research around that being around trees and helping to calm you down Mm. um so absolutely get out for a walk every day it's it will really help clear the mind well you're very committed to um exploring wellness and all the the different mm. aspects of that and that's something that i know you're keen to look at in this series yeah definitely yeah well look i've been practicing a lot of gratitude um meditation i you know i try and do it a little you know as much as i can daily I've I've been crazy busy with work so maybe it hasn't always been there but I think you know gratitude is a really easy thing to do and just looking further at the you know your your brain and kind of how it works and how you can help what you can do to optimize it as best as possible and uh, particularly if you're a supporter like making sure that you're looking after you as well as much as you can um, because life is crazy if you've got some if you're you know a carer, a caregiver for somebody else, your time is is squeezed massively. That if you don't look after you, you know, eat eating good foods, looking after, you know, you've got health and very passionate about all that. What whatever we can do to learn from that. And also, like I was saying down the line, helping that prevention as well of stroke and any other, any you know serious illnesses at the end of the day isn't it by helping to keep our body running at the best and our mind um and being in that place of making sure that we look after ourselves I think self-care is really really important especially when you're looking after somebody else yes I think it's really important as well but I think also it's sometimes easier said than done I certainly find challenges with that and I I'm looking forward to discussions that will encompass, you know, some simple ways and simple Mm. first steps in that. And and I know that there are some and also establishing habits and good habits, I think, is is something that will really resonate um, as something that's difficult to do. But also I know that there are some strategies for that which can help with some of the things that you're talking about. Absolutely. So many. And it's linking a lot of the time, it's habit stacking. So doing it, you know, when you brush your teeth, you do 
Mm. the other thing that you want to do whether it's doing your squats or <laughs> doing oh, 10 squats sure you quite squat yet, Elizabeth. Julia you could do that wow start, start off with five yes maybe that's uh you know <laughs> program four on how to do squats in all seriousness just that you know those those first steps for people um in thinking about that importance of self-care and what that really means and some you know some challenging conversations about that I think absolutely oh we've just got so much to get into I'm really excited to bring everybody this second season um and I know we've so much still to explore right well every time we meet and every time we talk about the list of things we want to cover, it keeps growing. So mm-hmm. we've only touched upon some of those subjects that we want to talk about in this second season. Um, but I think we're already spilling over into third and fourth season. So Oh, um, absolutely. I mean, we, and we haven't and there will be some practical ones as well, um, as we've discussed. So kind of you know, managing finances and where you can get help. Like you're saying, whenever we start chatting, it's like, oh, we should do that, we should do that. And then even in our conversations about living with a brain injury survivor, there's little things that will come up. Mm-hmm. And like you say, you know, bringing it back to where we were at the beginning of this episode, it's it's having those people in your life that understand what you're going through mm-hmm. and how they can help or can be of support to. And yeah. sometimes the support is just listening. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we hope people will. Mm-hmm. We hope people will carry on listening <laughs> and uh, and get in touch with us if there are things that you want us to talk about or guests you want us to interview or if you want to come on yourself. Absolutely. Always open to suggestions. And yeah, do contact us. We're on a good dot day on Twitter and on a good underscore day on instagram we've got a facebook community as well but i'll put all of that in the show notes and it has been a pleasure being with you for the last 20 30 minutes and we've talked longer than i thought we would julia we're very much looking forward to you listening to the rest of the season but for now we wish you all a very good day bye for now bye Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.